Um, Jeff suggested I choose a young person to lead us in the scripture this morning. Um, yeah, oh, Adrian reckons he's young. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. And I also did have a backup, Sue, forever young Sue, uh, who's always childlike <laughs> and beautiful. Would you like to come out and read the scripture for us, Sue? Unless Adrian wants to in particular. No, he's giving it up to you. <laughs> uh, so it, this scripture is to lead into Brad, who's going to give us the message today. And we're continuing in our summer series, Lighten Your Load. So, Sue, if you wouldn't mind reading that scripture. Sure. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. So get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Big one, eh? <laughs> Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You on? Thanks, Brad. Well, maybe we could pray for Brad. That's a big one, you reckon? <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> oh, Jesus, we do want to be those kind, tender-hearted, forgiving people. But it is true, we hold anger and bitterness and rage at other times. So would you speak through Brad as he chats with us this morning? That your Holy Spirit would be gentle, shining a, a candle on the areas that we could really grow in. So would you bless these words, that they would be words of encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, so we're having this um, ser sermon series on bitterness, uh, on um, lighting in our load, which is um, fantastic. So we've had, I suppose now with our little backpack, it, is it feeling any lighter? Because we've got rid of fear, we've got rid of shame, and we've got rid of pride out of our backpack. So um, that's great. And today we're going to look at bitterness. Um, and I'd like to tell you a story uh, about a friend of mine. So um, I got a phone call from a friend a couple of months ago. And uh, oh, she's been a great friend for about 40 years or so. And it, it was her brother's funeral the day before. And she said that she hasn't spoken to her brother for 30 years and her brother hadn't so her brother sort of stopped communication with her 30 years ago um, and the same with the parents he hadn't spoken to the parents for 30 years and the reason that there was this family breakup was it was a piano and basically what had happened was that the parents had an old piano they promised it to the brother um, so that when they died he would inherit this piano but the piano wasn't used, he didn't have any room for it, so it was stored in their garage. And um, what happened was that um, the daughter, um, her, her, her daughter was learning the piano. So she said to her mum, she said, oh look, I know that the piano's going to Mark, but can I borrow it because my daughter's learning the piano? So the mum said, yeah, that's fine, you can borrow it. So she had the piano removed, and then they had a Christmas party. Now, it's amazing how many things, family breakups or whatever, happen around Christmas time, isn't it? So there's a Christmas party. The son takes the chairs down to the garage and sees that the piano's gone. Goes up to the mum and says, where's the piano? She said, look, your sister, well, my, my granddaughter, I was learning the piano. They didn't have one. I said they could borrow it. Well, he was incensed, did a big dummy spit, 
And from that moment on, he never spoke to his sister or his mother, mum and dad again. And, um, you know, just thinking about bitterness is that it can have profound effects on families, on relationships. Now, that's an extreme example. But I think if we look at our lives, there's probably times when we've had a disagreement or something's happened and we just hold on to this bitterness and it, it can affect our lives in a dramatic way. So let's have a look at, um, let's have a look. So basically bitterness starts when we cling to anger and resentment and we start holding a grudge. Instead of responding with forgiveness or love, we may let our negative emotions grow and we treat others with passive, aggressive behaviour, hostility or disdain. And, um, you know, when I was asked to talk about this, I really went straight to this passage in the Bible that talks about bitterness. And Hebrews 12:15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And the message says, make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. And just thinking of that story I told, you can just see what that bitterness has done in that situation. I think of the... Um, when, when I look at that first passage, I think of the strangler fig tree. So you know the strangler fig, basically a bird will eat a fig and then it'll do a poo right up in the top of the branches and that poo's got a seed in it, a fig seed. And the fig will send a, a root right down to the soil and it gradually it'll hit the soil at the base of a tree and then it'll grow and then eventually that strangler fig will completely encompass that tree, strangle that tree, and that tree will die, and the strangler fig will be there. And I just think about bitterness. It was just a small, very small thing, but if we let it, it can just completely encompass us um, and strangle our life. And when I look at that second passage, when it talks about uh, a whole garden growing to ruin with a weed, um, you see what Lantana does in the bush. You know, like, you, Lantana just takes over everything, so, and, and there's no room for any of the native plants. So I sort of think about that when I, when I think of that. So the main cause of bitterness is unforgiveness. When someone we care about hurts us, we can hold on to anger and resentment. We may have been hurt by the actions or words of another. Perhaps a parent constantly criticised us growing up, Perhaps a colleague sabotaged a project. Perhaps our spouse had an affair. Maybe we've had a traumatic experience in the past. We may have been physically or emotionally abused by someone close to us. These wounds can have a lasting feeling of, leave lasting feelings of resentment, bitterness and anger, and sometimes even hatred. But if we hold on to that pain, we might be the ones who pay dearly for it. The person who hurt us may be completely oblivious of, of the hurt that we're going through in our bitterness. I remember um, talking to, or I think Kev in one of his sermons, or messages, like, you know, we know he's got that counselling business. He said a lot of, his a lot of the problems fa faced is, is due to unforgiveness. So most, or a large percentage of relationship breakdowns start from unforgiveness. 
the offence against us may have been a serious breach of trust. It may have brought extreme pain and anguish to us. Forgiveness is not minimising or denying the wrong, but it's an intentional decision to let go of resentment, anger and bitterness. The act that hurt or offended us might always, always be with us, but working on forgiveness can lessen the act's grip on us. It can free us from the control of the person who has harmed us. Sometimes forgiveness may even lead to feelings of understanding, empathy and compassion for the person who hurt us. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to us. It also, also doesn't necessarily mean making up with the person who caused the harm. It brings a kind of peace that frees us from the bitterness, the hate and helps us to go on living a, a good life. So let's look at some of the Bibles and especially Jesus' teaching and Paul's teachings on forgiveness. So this is the one that came to mind for me. The, uh, it's, it's a parable of the unmerciful servant. But Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Now, I could imagine Peter is thinking, he probably thought maybe two or three times was fair enough. But he thinks, I know what Jesus is like, so I'll say seven times. You know, thinking Jesus said, yeah, well done, Peter. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 77. And in another version, it says seven, 70 times seven, 490. So basically the lesson that Jesus is trying to say is there's no limit on forgiveness. We keep forgiving. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking he may have also meant sometimes we forgive someone for something in our heart, and then an hour later it comes into our mind again, and we have to forgive them again. And then the next morning, you know what I mean? Forgiveness, sometimes you have to keep forgiving for the same thing. So maybe he was talking about that as well. The Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's interesting, the Bible talks about forgiveness as being conditional. There's other passages where Jesus says, unless you forgive your brother for your sins, your sins will not be forgiven. So if we want to be forgiven, forgiveness is actually conditional on our, us forgiving other people. And this is a very familiar passage we, uh, we, we love in Corinthians, all about love. But that part in the middle, it says, it keeps no record of wrongs. So it's so easy to keep a record of wrongs. But love keeps no record of wrongs, it forgives. And this is a passage that the, our young person read out. Was oh, this a passage? Anyway, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave us. Again, it's basically saying just as we're forgiven, we need to forgive other people. So how do we do it? How do we forgive? Forgiveness is a commitment to change. It takes practice. It moves towards forgiveness. To move, to, to, to move towards forgiveness, we might make an active decision to choose to forgive the person who has offended us. We might release the control and power that that offending person and situation have on our life. Sometimes true forgiveness is almost impossible humanly without God's help. Sometimes we need the infusion of God's spirit in our lives to soften our hearts so we can forgive. So if we have a look at Romans 5.5, 5, I love this passage 
because it talks about the Holy Spirit and what is available to us. So Paul says, because of God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. And if we have the Holy Spirit, well then God's love is infused into our hearts and that helps us to forgive. That helps to release the bitterness. And then this passage in Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So forgiveness is really a matter of transforming our mind, changing our thought patterns. The pattern of this world is holding a grudge, bitterness and unforgiveness. What we need God's spirit to infuse us, to transform our mind to be like the mind of Christ. The other thing we need to realise as Christians, that forgiveness is a spiritual battle. We need to be aware that we are in a spiritual battle and there are powerful enemy forces working against us to make us captive to bitterness. Satan uses bitterness as a wedge to sever relationships. Let's have a look at Ephesians. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. So the evil one will often put thoughts of bitterness, thoughts of unforgiveness in our heart, and we really need to battle with those spiritual forces. This is a triumph over Satan in Revelation. So they is us, as Christians, we triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So basically we overcome Satan through the power of Jesus, but also by what we say. So if we say to Satan, if we're tempted to, to have an unforgiving thought, if we tell it to rack off and we tell Satan to go, uh, that thought will go. The evil one will continue to place unloving and unforgiving thoughts in our minds. We need to be awake up to this. As soon as we recognise those thoughts, we need to reject these thoughts. And we need to tell them to pee off. We need to counter these thoughts with God's truth. We need to memorise scripture and use God's word. Jesus countered Satan's three temptation in the desert by having memorised scripture and using God's truth to counter Satan's half-truths and his distortions. Finally, I'd like to finish with another story. Does anyone know this family? Recognise that family? Okay, a few heads are nodding. Okay, that's the Abdullah family. Okay? So it's actually exactly three years ago since the tragic accident. So what basically happened, the three oldest children there with their cousins were walking down the street to get an ice cream. There was a guy in a ute who was three times over the legal limit with alcohol, had um, ecstasy and other drugs in his system, was driving recklessly, ploughed into the children, killed three of their children, injured the son badly and killed a cousin. That happened on the 1st of February 2020. And what was amazing about that, the, the, this couple is immediately when they were interviewed, they basically said, we forgive the driver. And that caused a sensation, a media sensation. Um, and then a year later, what they did on the anniversary of the children's death, they set up 
um, I Forgive Day. So I Forgive Day, and I'll just read a little bit about what they say about that. The Abdullah family launched an initiative on the anniversary of the children's death. One year on from the death that their three children due to a drunk driver, Layla and Danny Abdullah have created I Forgive Day as an annual time of letting go. We thought that it's really nice to honour God and our kids by turning the day of the incident into a forgiveness day. Instead of being remembered as the day of the tragedy, it can be rem remembered as I Forgive Day. I strongly encourage everyone on I Forgive Day to stop, reflect and search their hearts. Layla feels blessed that God could use their display of forgiveness as a signpost to the forgiveness that he offers everyone in Jesus Christ. She says, it came very naturally to us because we had been practising forgiveness all our lives, said Layla, about forgiving the man who killed her children. Early in our marriage, Danny and I had prayed together that God would bless us with forgiveness all our lives. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's like when you go to a gym. The more you practice and train, the stronger you become, she said. Forgiveness is like that when you practice it on a daily basis, it gets magnified when you are put in a situation like this, similar to ours. I Forgive Day, which will be on the 1st of Feb, I think, Wednesday, but this is the Sunday. They encourage churches to practice forgiveness on this Sunday. I Forgive Day is a day when you stand up, you speak how you feel and you reconcile with others, Layla said. Because Jesus' last words on the cross were, Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. Some people, she said, are not aware of what they can do to each other when they don't forgive and they are hurting each other. She said, it is, worth, is it worth to spend the rest of your life in hatred and bitterness or to release them by forgiving? Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and its teaching on forgiveness. We thank you for the amazing example of the Abdullah family on forgiveness. Help us to let go of bitterness and unforgiveness today and lighten our loads this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're coming to a time of communion now and it's an opportune time for some reflection and to invite the Holy Spirit to search us for any load we may be carrying in regard to bitterness and unforgiveness. And as Je um, Brad pointed out, Jesus had quite a bit to say about unforgiveness when he taught the crowds that gathered round him and his motley group of disciples. Um, when he was addressing a large crowd one day, he said, if you're in the temple and you're about to offer a sacrifice, and I guess that's what we're doing here, we're gathering together to offer our sacrifice of worship to God. He said, and then you remember you've fallen out with someone. Jesus says, go and be reconciled with that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. And as Brad also pointed out in um, the Lord's Prayer, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, he modelled those words. 
um, forgive us our trespasses. And I quite like that word trespass because it's a real picture word for me. It's like crossing a line. You're offending someone else. Um, and it's a given that if we want to receive from forgiveness from God, then we extend that forgiveness to others. I came across a little gem of scripture in 1 Peter 4 this week and the context was a church that was under suffering and persecution and Peter says, learn to think like him, learn to think like Jesus. And, you know, in the midst of horrific pain and mocking from the crowds, as Jesus hung on the cross, this is where Jesus' thoughts go. And this is where I am challenged and I want to learn to think like him. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Um, this is a prayer of just unmatched mercy and love. And God is referred to in Jeremiah as the fountain of living water. And these words uttered by Jesus on the cross are just an overflow of his grace. And Jesus said, for those who believe in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So why is it that when I, and I suspect others, open our mouths, it's not always living water that flows. Sometimes bitter words flow rather than kindness and compassion. There's a Faulty Towers episode that keeps coming to mind. Anyone familiar with Faulty Towers? Yeah. A British comedy about a bumbling hotel owner. A health inspector has come to inspect the premises and amongst a long list of infringements, he's found two dead pigeons in the water tank. And for some reason, this just really grosses me out, thought of dead animals floating around in a tank putrefying the water source. But it's also a really helpful analogy. If something is polluting that living water that Jesus promises will flow from me, then it's time for me to check my water tanks. <laughs> and particularly today as we address bitterness, is there any unforgiveness floating around, polluting God's life-giving water within us? So let's take some time now to check our water tanks, to ask Holy Spirit to reveal truth and bring to light anything we may need to confess with God or to put right with others. Um, so we're going to just spend some time in silence now and um, asking God's Spirit to you know, just be really active now as we turn our thoughts to him. And then as you're ready, come forward. There's two tables, one on either side, and um, participate in communion, remembering that Jesus' body was broken for you as you eat the bread. And Jesus' blood was shed for you as you drink the juice. Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead has paid for our offences and has reconciled us to God. Know that we have received complete forgiveness of our offences and in gratitude, go and extend the same forgiveness to others. Amen.